So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance MK. I'm Mr. O, and today, Ms. H and I will be discussing Season 9, Episode 2 of 90 Day Fiance. In this episode, Shida has some things to say about the fake house Bilal has taken her to. Kobe starts off by saying the one thing you're not supposed to say. Kara and Guillermo try out this expired passport. Jabri literally rolls out a red carpet for Miona. And we meet Eve and her girl squad, who have lots to say about her fiancé Muhammad. As always, we'll end with our Students of the Week, Class Dances, and Life Lessons. If you like what you hear, please give us a 5-star rating and subscribe. And if you also watch Love After Lockup, we're covering that on our other podcast, Love After Lockup MK. Alright, thanks for listening, stay safe, and enjoy! Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good. We finally got our, um, you know, designated three days of California weather um, in Maryland here. So Ooh, I'm enjoying nice. that. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm actually going to head to the beach after this. <laughs> Perfect. I don't have yeah. a beach to go to. Oh. <laughs> well, uh, let's see. Is anyone Was anyone at a beach? No. We, no. Got, we saw a lot of Kansas City, though. I know, which is really which is weird because cool. I spent a lot of time in Kansas City and you did too. We've spent yeah. a lot of time in Kansas yes. City and it's like the airport especially because it's a very unique airport. It sucks. I hate that airport so much. Yeah, it's not my favorite, but it's it's very distinct. It's very, like the it's, aesthetic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The aesthetic and like the fact that I mean, so somebody, somebody you can actually, you can actually like watch the gate and sit there yeah. and see, look at the door and be like, are they coming out? Are they coming out? Right, Which is unique right. in American airports these days. Yeah. So let's talk about our first couple that was uh, in Kansas City, and that's Bilal and Shada. So Bilal is seen putting some finishing touches on his, as he puts it, the prank house. He defends his actions, saying that he hasn't been lucky in love and he has walls up and trust issues. He hops into his work van to pick her up. Bilal says he loves Shay, even though uh, or Shy, even though they have only spent seven days together. Bilal is pacing back and forth, waiting for Shy at the airport. They are both wearing masks and can't really recognize each other too well. But as soon as Bilal realizes it's her, he rips off his mask and runs towards her as she hops into his arms. She tells us that she's looking forward to getting to know Bilal all over again because she's been suspicious that he's been hiding things from her. So she's excited to see his car in his house. When she sees the van, she calls it a Scooby-Doo Sanford and Son van and questions the cleanliness of it, claiming she saw a rat. (laughs) She tries to pile her stuff in her lap to keep it off the dirty floor. Shai tells us Bilal is secretive with his stuff, but she did expect him to have some level of money knowing that he flips houses. After seeing the van, she understands why he's been hiding things from her. She tells him that the van is unacceptable, and they both tell each other that they're losing points with one another. They are both tired and are awkwardly quiet on their drive to Bilal's prank house. They pull up to the prank house, and Shai is already rolling her eyes. She comments that the house is an antique from the 1900s. Shai points out the peeling paint, the bubbled ceilings, and she calls the house dilapidated. He shows her the rest of the house, and Shai says she was hoping for something more modern and contemporary. She tells him that the house is a lot to take in right now, and she wasn't expecting this. She says she isn't comfortable with the house, and she thinks that they can do better. Bilal says the only thing that needs to be fixed is her attitude. Shai doesn't appreciate being lectured like a child. She doesn't want to argue with him, but Bilal points out that most people don't even own homes in America. 
He asks if she just wants to complain or to help out to make their situation better. She says both, but Bilal doesn't think that that's acceptable. Shai thinks they can do better and she isn't here for his pity party. Bilal asks if she wants to order food and she makes a remark asking if he can even afford that. Bilal is offended about this whole situation. Shai tells us that she assumed he would have nice things just based on his image, meaning his Louis Vuitton luggage, his expensive watches and belts, and his general dapper fashion. Over dinner, Shai tries to smooth things over and tries to let him know that this was just a lot for her to take in, and she's just willing to work on it. She tells us that she thinks Bilal is delusional and thinks he needs to sell his suits so that way he can make their life better. Bilal thinks that just because you wear nice things doesn't mean you have a nice house. All right. So uh, Mm. do you think Bilal is reading too much into her reaction or do you really think that she's like just not down? She's not passing this test. I think Bilal is misinterpreting her reaction. I think so, too. Um, Yeah. Like. It's because it, it's not about what. Well, okay, let's because to me it's like it's where she stands, right? Because mm-hmm. where she stands is forget about are nice things acceptable? Do you have to have a materialistic goods to to be happy in life? That's right. not the question. That that's not what she's getting out of what he's doing. Uh-huh. What she's getting out of who he's doing is you misrepresented yourself to me, yeah. and you're lie. You're a liar. Like you're a lot. You you came and you had you came to Trinidad in Louis Vuitton bags and expensive suits and you know th- and Rolexes and then I come to this house that you like. I'm like, why were you, why do you have a five thousand dollar Rolex? You can't put your house your your screen door back on. I don't understand yes. what's going on here. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even about the quality of the house, or the quality of the house, the quality of the neighborhood, the size of the house. It was about about like why is this house falling apart? Why is your yes. van full of trash? Like you're right. not taking it's care of your dirty. shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And th- those are very different questions than why don't you live in a three-story house? Because he's the one that kept mentioning the three-story house. She didn't mention right. that at all. No, she didn't. And I think she would have been absolutely fine with a house of that size, even a house in that neighborhood. I mean, she didn't really make any comments about the neighborhood at all. That wasn't yeah. the issue. It was the house that this the, – the ceilings were disgusting. Right. Yes. And if you're staring at that when you're going to bed, you're just like, Ugh. and then it makes you wonder about other things that are going like, when was this house like updated last? Right. When was the last time it was painted? Is there asbestos in here? Like, you know, those kinds of uh, sanitary questions, which, you know, going back to the van, she didn't make a comment about, you know, the unacceptable part I thought was the cleanliness of the van because it was so unclean to her that she was trying to pile her luggage into her lap so it didn't have to touch the floor. Yes, right. And I mean, and I just I didn't like the way he did it, too. Like he, when he went to the he went to the van, he, you know, was had her suitcase, put it behind another car. Mm-hmm. And then was like, oh, you thought that was my car? Hmm. I see how it is. It was like, yeah, because you put the luggage behind it. Not because it's like, I expected you to have this. I guess it was like a Chevy Volt or something, I think. But uh, like. Oh, well, I interpreted it another way because she um, she made some comment about, oh, because she laughed and she was like, oh, I forgot wrong side of the, you know, driver side versus passenger side. Because oh. they drive on the opposite side of the road. And so I've done that before a bunch of times where I like, you know, when I'm visiting Australia with my friend, I like stand expectantly on the driver's side. And they're like, 
or no, right. uh, on the passenger side, and they're like, are, like, you, planning are you planning driving? on driving? What yeah. are you doing? Well, no. <laughs> which is better than the thing I usually do when I'm in Australia or with somewhere where they, where they go on the other side of the road, which is almost get hit by a car because I always oh, look God. to the left first before I yeah, step out. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I interpreted that as she was just like, you know, oh, I, you were walking over this way and I forgot passenger versus driver's side. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was definitely a thing where like, she did point to the car and said, "Oh, I thought this was yours," but it could have been because he was expecting yeah. her to go to the pa- him to go to the passenger side. But he right. clearly did that on purpose. He clearly put the luggage right behind the trunk of a different car, and then said, "Oh, you thought that was my car? Hmm, yeah, I see how it is." And like he brought the Quran into it and stuff, and it's like, and it just it drove me nuts because at some point she said something like, "I feel like I'm being deceived," and I was like, "Yeah, you should." Because you're being deceived. Right. He's actually deceiving you right now. Like, you can't be mad at her for being right that you're lying because you're lying. I just think that he already has it in her head that she's out for money. So she is going to be failing this test no matter what. It just seems that way, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, unless she's like, oh, baby, and like pretending like everything is okay, like in his mind he's like any little negative thing he's like well that's it she failed the test she is clearly here for the money right and it seems to me her concerns were more like seems to me like you've been spending your money poorly because i don't know why you had a five thousand dollar suit let's trade that in for a bucket of paint and uh, actually take care of these walls which is totally fair i thought it was so like on point for her to say like i delusional he just needs to like there's there's better ways to like manage your money and prioritize things and what i also appreciate is that she was uh very clear in that she wasn't expecting him to do all of it like she's like we like she was talking about it like we're a team like Mm -hmm. we'll do better not you're gonna work your ass off and do better and like support me it just seemed like you know it, it seemed like she had good intentions Right, because it didn't. It didn't necessarily. That's what I'm saying. The the change in what she saw from him wasn't it, it, like, oh, I thought he was rich, but actually he's poor. As yeah. much it was like, oh, I thought he was like sophisticated, and it turns out he just wastes his money. Okay, I see yes. what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, yes, I could definitely see that, and just you know, I think also it was kind of funny to me that she's just like, oh, he was like being kind of weird about you know not telling me everything and like being like i don't know shady he's being shady right and so like this is a long haul like test slash scam this is not a stupid prank house as he keeps on like pointing it out to be you know and it just he infuriates me he so infuriates me he's like acting all condescending to her like well you know like you know, you know, not everybody has things. Like, what are you gonna do? Like, the, these oh, people yeah. are good be people. Happy, They're working be happy class. With what you have, and it's like, but you're lying about what you have. What are you talking about? Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. So let's go. Uh, let's go to the other Kansas City people. <laughs> All right. So that's Emily and Kobe. So we start off this segment with a shot of a tiny, cute pony. I always like the random animal shots. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But then we cut to Emily. Packing all of her sexiest underwear and getting her opinions from her sister, Madeline, which I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's not an activity you and your sister uh, really uh, partake in. <laughs> but anyway, Kobe nope. arrives tomorrow and she has a surprise for him. A fun, sexy night alone at a hotel. So she feels bad for leaving her son and not, you know, 
bringing her, the son and father, together right away. But it's been a tough two years, and Kobe isn't really into sexting, so she's hoping, you know, they can have some adult time, even with her new mom bod. So she kisses uh, Coben goodbye and then leaves to go things get, get things all set up. So she's going to the Kansas City airport, which is about two and a half hours away. So she's going to stay there tonight and have dinner with her friend, Sean. He seems like her old party friend, um, and it seems like they used to kind of be wingmen for each other, and they go out and get a bunch of phone numbers and have some wild times. So during the meal, uh, Kobe messages that he's on his way to the airport, and that starts a conversation uh, about what um, Sean thinks about this whole situation. So he's worried that they don't really know each other, and she's worried that once she gets back to her parents' house, it's going to be way too full of a house for them to have any time alone or any time to be intimate. So they pretty much have to get it all in tonight. Again, she keeps kind of coming around the same circle, even though she's self-conscious about her body. And there's also a bunch of weird tangent about her accidentally lactating on him. Um, So that was a thing. So they move on to more serious considerations, like all the pressure and stakes that go into this relationship working, because not only is there, is it a marriage, is it a thing, there's a the visa involved, and there's also a child. So then they give us a shot of Emily pumping in the hotel room, and then back trying to pick out an outfit, even though she doesn't really like any of the things she has, because they're all like mom clothes. So she puts on, we, then we see her putting on her makeup, and she talks more about the her expectations for the night. She says it's probably, she's a lot more tired now, so it's probably going to be more of a hit it and quit it situation instead of like a seven round situation. So at the airport, she, again, Kansas City Airport again, she stalks the gate, desperately waiting for the door to open. And they do the whole airport kiss and hug thing, and this is the first time we get to hear from Kobe, who was worried things were going to be awkward, but says they felt very natural, even though the first thing he does is say something wildly inappropriate, that being like, well, how do you think of Emily? And he's like, well, she gained some weight. Yeah, but- I know, right? <laughs> I was like, oh, no, this is bad. <laughs> but they do seem pretty into each other um, as they leave the airport. All right. So I don't know. Where do you, where, what do you think about this one night alone situation? Like good idea, bad idea? Like, how's, how, how do you think it's going to go down? I feel like she should have talked to him about it before, like yes. what he thought about it. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, even though that's what she wants, she's also not been, you know, away from her son since it, he was born. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know. Maybe he would be into it, but I do think it was kind of presumptuous. And I, I do understand, like, she wants it to be a surprise. And, you know, she possibly can't, like relate to what he's thinking about it but she really should have asked him yeah i mean that that's definitely the part of it also i guess there's no oh i mean i guess the hotels in kansas city are going to be a lot better than the hotels in in salina but it seems like they could she could have done something was like well let's get home right away meet your son blah 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 and then like i don't know maybe like on this this coming weekend after you get there we'll we'll go and have some uh, have a night right. of our own time but i feel like it's also kind of an excuse too because her parents probably you know are easier to talk into like oh i have to go pick them up it's so far away we're just staying in a hotel like Mama. okay you can say that but i mean most people's parents aren't that dumb like they know what you're gonna do I know. in that hotel especially like, emily's dad he knows what's up yeah the one who was like <laughs> just don't get pregnant like <laughs> yeah He's like, oh, so I'm supporting everyone in this house. Like, he knows what's going on. Yeah, yeah. 
It's like, oh, yeah, great. I get to be funding the sex fest. Great job. God. Okay. So <laughs> Kobe had a lot of time on this flight to think about what he was going to say about <laughs> her gaining weight, right? Uh-huh. What would be a more positive spin? I mean, just anything, but she gained weight. Like, she looks great. Like, I'm so happy to be here. I'm totally into this. But guess the other thing, too, is that I don't know where he fits on that. I don't know yeah. necessarily whether he likes her Maybe gaining he weight or not. Maybe curves. Right. I mean, we've seen other African men on the show yeah. that are very much into the women being bigger. Right. 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 And that that he might be into it. But like. So maybe it's a little bit of a cultural thing. And I don't know if he understands, like, the kind of American third rail of, like, do not talk about women's weight. Right. As, as, as we, we all kind of understand it to be, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, don't definitely. comment on the weight. Don't comment on the age. Neither of those things. Don't say it. Right. The look on her face. She was just like. You're like, oh. I yeah. know. And as someone who was, uh, I think she was a former, like, kind of a chubby child. Um, yeah, probably. She probably has those insecurities from, you know, that. It's like, that's like the worst thing. And even if he meant it somewhat positively, she's always going to play that back in her mind and have insecurities about her weight now. And I just like, I feel like that's, uh, that was so like uh, traumatic, like in a way that's really going to stick with her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, and that's part of it too, is that, that she was definitely using this you know this night of sex as like yeah. as kind of a test like is he gonna so be too. still as into me as he was before right um, right because especially when it's like it's been two years so he really should be ready to go right yeah. and if he's not like really re- revved and ready to go then that's that's a big issue for me um because it's because part of it is too is that's really they didn't spend that much time together and that's what brought them together in the first place was yeah. like they they hooked up first and then got to know each other second right yeah. and so if that initial thing that they had is gone i would i would see being worried because they don't have all that much else yeah yeah definitely oh goodness uh kobe's kobe's gonna learn yeah this crash yeah, let's course hope so. in like american culture <laughs> yeah like yeah, let's hope so. Let's hope so. Yeah. Uh, speaking of crash course in American culture, let's talk about uh, Miona and Jabri. So wearing a pleather puffer jacket and a cowboy hat, Jabri is running some errands uh, to prepare for Miona's arrival. Jabri then tries to connect with his best friend and bandmate, David. As he is going through a car wash, Jabri forgets to close the window and gets water and soap sprayed on him. David calls him back to talk about doing some shows with the band. The band has been waiting on him to give the okay, but Jabri says that Miona is coming and he really doesn't want to commit to anything. David makes a sarcastic comment like, good luck with that, man. He explicitly expresses doubts. Jabri says that he's hurt by his lack of support. David says he doesn't like Miona's vibe and says that she was bougie and just didn't like her attitude. Jabri thinks that David doesn't like her because Jabri is willing to prioritize her over the band. David is suspicious that she's just using him to get to America, and he tells him just to keep his eyes open. It's the day of Miona's arrival, and Jabri is planning some surprises like a red carpet rollout and a cowboy hat and boots. Jabri is most nervous about her meeting his parents. He's dressed up in a pale 
pink plaid, as he refers to it, to it as a flamingo suit. And he bends over to pick up the gifts and just straight up splits his pants. He tries to pull his shirt down to cover it and decides that it's too late now and he just goes with it. Miona arrives and they do a quick photo shoot on the red carpet Jabri laid out. They're talking about who made the first move and it's still kind of unclear, but all Jabri knows is that he should teach a class on how to get with the ladies. <sighs> Miona tells us that she has always wanted to visit America since she was a child. She's expecting a higher standard of living, so she's interested to see what South Dakota has to offer. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, do you want to talk about their segment or do you want to talk about this whole black fishing scandal, I guess, that's real active on Reddit right now? Wait, what? I haven't heard about that. Oh, gosh. Okay, so it's like... Uh, I checked Reddit and I, I feel like I've just really dropped off with keeping up with what's going on. But I logged in for the first time in a really long time. And it's almost like every other post was about it or at least people commented on the fact that they think Miona is blackfishing. OK, um, like how so does she, she have a bunch of other people she's been like getting in touch with? What's going on? Uh, no, 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 no. Okay, so, Mr. O, blackfishing is where a person presents themselves as black um, for the purposes of oh, okay. taking advantage of, you know, um, the the positive aspects of black culture. Um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say unless you explicitly said I'm a black person or I'm a person of color that counts like i don't know uh, it's just cultural appropriation is that more like kind of the thing we're talking about yeah kind of um yeah i th yeah i think so uh i'm confused a little bit it might be more so because she looks i guess like she could be biracial in some of her pictures uh -huh. but to me it's just like okay with the exception of her curling her hair real tight because there were a couple of like um uh, social media pictures of her like that. It's like everything else to me looked more Kardashian. Yeah, I might say that. I mean, she's she's definitely have a bit of a deeper tan, maybe. But like, yeah, I don't see anything markably different than what you see from from the Kardashians. But yeah, I don't know. But I, that's hmm. Because she hasn't said it. I definitely think it's without a saying it, without like presenting yourself as I'm a person of color and we need to we need to mm -hmm. be in a more cosmopolitan place like Los Angeles. Now we have something like now we have something that goes with that. But I don't necessarily see anything about her look that we've seen so far. I haven't looked yes. at social media and things right, like that. Right. But what we've seen on the show that shows me it's anything different than just kind of a lot of trendy things on Instagram from well, people yeah. of all colors. Because I was going to say, the Kardashians are very in. They're influencers, right? And it's just like, I feel that that's the look. And to me, she doesn't look any more Kardashian. So I I don't know. I just saw a lot of it and was wondering what your opinion is um, on that. So, okay, going back to their segment. Um, I'm a little confused. David didn't actually introduce them, right? He just met her on a Serbia trip with David. Yes. Yes. They were touring. the band. Uh, so what I gathered from what we were going on here is the band is much more popular in the Balkans. Yes. And in Eastern Europe than they are in the States. So they do mm -hmm. a lot of tours there. 
Yeah. Right. And it was on one of those tours that they had met. And obviously, David was there and like met her. Yeah. And they, yeah, they didn't, they didn't introduce, it was through like sliding into DMs and a bunch of high school shit about like, well, you liked my post. So I went and got into your friend's DMs and told her that blah, 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 like just stupid stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, But I kind of am siding with, with David in terms of like where, because Jabri says, oh, he's just mad because I'm prioritizing her over the band. And I would be like, yeah, if I was in the band, I would be mad about that too, because that's how I get paid. And right, I right. can't get paid until you decide to come back to this band. And I'm just sitting here twiddling my thumbs waiting for it. So, yes, I am going to be mad when you prioritize something else over this band. Mm-hmm. Like, forget interpersonal or, oh, he just doesn't like her. I'm like, because at some point, David's like, dude, you're taking money out of my pocket. Yeah. By, by hooking up with this girl who doesn't even seem that interested in you. So, what's up? Uh, well, okay. I think it's just another one of those... Uh, no, I, I guess maybe I'm thinking of, um, oh gosh, who was that one? She always wore the biker shorts. Was she from like Norway? Oh, yeah. What was her? Jasmine? Jasmine, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it just always kind of seemed like very like, did she even like her dude? I think but, she was Finnish. Yeah. She was just yeah. like, she she was just very emotionless about everything. Right. And it yeah. was a similar, that was a similar guy. That she was with. Mm-hmm. He was an aspiring musician with crazy colored hair, like yeah. putting himself out there. Like, and part of it is like, that's what bothers me about Jabri is there's a lot of, I wouldn't say poser is the right word, but like putting on a show, right? Yes. And something that I, Very something much. that I didn't actually notice, but by my girlfriend parting out to me is he was wearing that flamingo suit mm-hmm. and he still had the stitch on the slit that like, when they put it up in a store. I don't know if you know this, maybe it's a life lesson for you, but for men's <laughs> suits, when you buy a men's suit jacket, uh-huh. the, the slit in the back is stitched closed. Oh, yeah, you yeah, have to, I like, know that. You yes. have to like cut it, yes. right? Yeah. Uh, he still had it stitched closed. And so I was like, you don't know how to wear the clothes that you're wearing, <laughs> right? Obviously, also because he split his pants, like they also so shut the pockets. And I've, I used to, I used to do a thing where like I would have a, uh, a thing with my students and people would wear like blazers for the first time. And I'd be, I would always ha- come with scissors with mm-hmm. little like, yeah, they'd be like, did you cut your pockets open? They're like, what? And I'm like, your pockets, they're sewn shut. Oh, but, I just like, keep just, mine shown, sewn shut. I'd rather have it that way. Yeah. But guys actually use their pockets. Yeah, I don't really. And I, I like them better sewn shut because then sometimes like they get stretched out and then there's like a big gaping hole there. Yeah, I think it might be a little bit different if they're a little bit less fitted in terms mm-hmm. of. But I, this was kids who would be like holding everything in their hands because like I don't have pockets. I'm like, you actually do have pockets. Yeah. Did you know they were stitched shut? They're like, no, I thought they were just because people and it, somebody has to tell you that because right. most of the time people just assume they're like, oh, I just thought it was a decorative flap that was supposed to look like a pocket. Right. <laughs> and then it was actually sewn shut. But like, I don't know. And then he split his pants and didn't fix them. Like, he's such a half-ass person. That was funny to me. He was like, he, he did make some kind of attempt, and then he was just like, meh, hmm, try I mean, to cover he looked, it up. He looked at it, tried, but you know what he didn't do? He didn't take them off. I know, like, he didn't right? take them off and, like, try to put a couple stitches in there just to hold it shut so you can't see his tidy whities through it. Or, <laughs> or, like, put tape. Like, literally anything. He was just like, nope, can't do anything. Got to go with an open crotch. Like, okay. <laughs> He's like easy but, access to something. <laughs> I just hope it wasn't because he had his finger all up in there. Like, you're saying, like, 
But they had, it's the same thing with the stupid, um, like he's just so busy stunting all the time that he never yeah. pays attention to what's going on. The, the sure. car wash when the window was down. Yeah, that was right? funny. Because <laughs> he, he was trying to compose the perfect voicemail message to his friend that's supposed to be his best friend in the world. So it just seemed so, he just tries so hard. He's such a tryhard. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All right. All right. So, um, Kara and Guillermo. So, okay. So, we're at the, in the Dominican, and Kara and Guillermo are sitting close together in the back of the Uber and, you know, talking about a big game about how great things are. This is awesome. And he, and he has some surprises for her for their last dinner in DR. First of all, like her friend Chris. So they met two years ago through Guillermo, and he says he's going to miss them when they leave tomorrow. So Guillermo is looking forward to what they say is the paradise of America, where you can just buy whatever you want. And then Guillermo's Christopher shows up to the dinner, too. Christopher is also sentimental about his youngest brother leaving, even if he knows it's for a better situation. So he's a little worried, though, that such a young guy, and how is he going to get along with a bunch of older strangers that are with his sugar mommy? Now, I'm going to put a note here. Isn't she like six years older than him yeah it's not like she's like 42 like they keep track talking no. about her like she's super super old it's like no and i was gonna say she's got a baby face so i mean like if you just right. saw a picture of these two you would maybe think she's like a couple years older than her, him but not that much no no and they also joke about him being a senky panky which they explain to us is like you know the kind of hot young latin guy that hooks up with the cougar in the states and moves up for money and uh and a, and a green card. But well, we've seen he, enough of those on this show. I, it's, it's, it's so surprising to me the term hasn't come up before. Maybe it's yeah. just strictly Venezuelan. I don't know. But it, in all serious, though, he's like, seriously, it's not me. I'm not something. I, I don't even care about the papers. And it, it does seem like all the jokes about it are already getting to him. Like, especially when those jokes are not coming from his brother, who is, you know, kind of a familial expectation that your brothers are going to make fun of you. But especially when they come from Kara and this, he's like, I'm like dating a toddler. Um, so anyway, the next morning, they gather all their paperwork that Guillermo needs for his trip um, to America. And you rem- remind us that he's on that expired Venezuelan passport. So Christopher and his fiance Daniela are going with them to the airport. And of course, he's nervous about leaving his family behind. And he compares leaving DR with leaving Venezuela and says it's pretty much completely different because now he's going to America for something. And when he left Venezuela, he was leaving to get away with get away from something. So they get on the plane and have a, have a few hours of prep relax time for, for the uh, intense immigration situation they think they'll run into at Dulles. So they do get detained by immigration offers, you know, for questioning. And two hours later, they come out of the doors together. They say that, you know, they came in from with some really scary guys who just wanted to see another passport. I think which was poor much a but more or less just a, um, hey, let's get this thing. It'll be easier if we could take care of this right now. That just give me another passport and it'll be done. But then they found out, oh, you're from Venezuela. Oh, yeah. Right. That whole thing. All right. So. Um, they leave the airport to make the first of his 90 days by meeting people. Kara wonders if he's going to be able to fit into her Charlottesville lifestyle, which I imagine will involve much less tequila time than in the Dominican. <laughs> Probably. All right. So um, I don't know. So how do you think he is going to fit into this Charlottesville lifestyle? Uh, I don't know. I, I think the reason why I don't know is because I've never been to Charlottesville. But uh, 
it's going to be cold at some point. I feel like all these Caribbean people at some point have an issue with how cold it is because they all end up moving into cold areas. It's decently cold in Charlottesville because it's, yeah. like, it's in Virginia, which is like the south, but it's in the mountains. Mm-hmm. So it stays pretty cool all year. Yeah. So I think that's going to be a big surprise. Um, I think it depends on the type of work he gets to do, right? If he becomes like a bartender or something like that, I think he'll be fine. It'll mm-hmm. be closer to the lifestyle that he's had. Um, that actually might be a good uh, good job for him in line with his tequila time skills. No, I could see that. I could see that because I think the bigger concern is whether he's going to fit in with her friends who are yeah. probably going to be like, <sighs> I think they're kind of implying that they're kind of like bougie, yuppie professionals. Right. Okay, and, so that's and, what I was going to say. I didn't know that that's the type of person that lives there. I mean, it's it's a. So the, it's it's the place where the University of Virginia is. And I don't mm-hmm. know if you have stereotypical views of colleges. You know how certain colleges carry certain reputations. But mm-hmm. UVA is like a preppy college. Very, okay. very preppy. Um, sure. And so the people who graduate there and stay in Charlottesville, you could see it being a very, you know, privileged upbringing, very preppy kind of, you know, moving upward in the world, rich kind of mm-hmm. kind of things. Um, and that if they're all, you know, in their 30s, they're getting married, they're having babies. It's right around that time um, that um, that that's going to mess up the, um, you know, versus this is young tequila time guy. And yeah. That, might they, you know, they're not the kind of people that are going to get shit faced every weekend, you know, yeah. is I guess what they're going for. Well, Kara seems like a party girl. I mean, she's even said so. I feel like she knows where the parties are in a different way. Yeah. It's not going to be this. It's not an island party. It's a it's a, you know, weird, you know, dinner party where everybody leaves shit faced. OK. Yeah, I actually really like them as a couple. So I know they've been like kind of harping on the fact that, you know, there's that age difference, but they're a good looking couple. And I love that she knows Spanish. Is this like one of I know. I mean, it's been a long time. It's not that we've never had a couple that are pretty good with the other's uh, language. And mostly the ones that are, they tend to be the missionaries. So we had a couple right. of couples where it was like missionaries. And so they had to know the uh, native language of their partner. And so those were the ones that were like the best in terms of communication. But Kara, like good for her. I'm very yeah. impressed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because she was joking and playing along with everybody in the thing. Yeah. And enough, she spoke well enough Spanish that she like made friends in the Dominican, like yeah. in Spanish. Like, yes. and, and we don't we don't usually see that all that often. Right. And I was going to say, it seems like at least it's fair that her language skills matches his English skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Which he does. He does speak pretty see. good English. That's true. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm very yeah. impressed with this couple. Yeah. I mean, it looks like they're going to be so far. It looks like they're the least problematic couple that we're going to have. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if immigration issues is like your storyline, then, yeah, that's, you know. Right. So we'll right. see. We'll see. Because now that that hurdle is, you know, we've got past that. We'll see what their next storyline is. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So the last couple that we have is a new couple. We have Eve. Uh, We meet Eve, a 48-year-old acupuncturist from Albuquerque, New Mexico. And we meet her as she's doing acutonics on someone. Eve is a Native American, and she believes her spiritual roots have led her to her profession. 
Back at home, we meet her son, Theron, who is 12 years old. Theron has Down syndrome, autism, and acute kidney disease. Uh, Theron has to be catheterized every three hours. So Eve sees Theron as an opportunity to be a better mom. Eve thinks the challenges of having a special needs child and the lack of support from Theron's dad led her to leave his dad. Eve says as part of her healing from the broken relationship, she has spent most of her time investing in building strong female friendships. Her friend Crystal comes over to help Eve clean out her closet. Eve tells her about her man, Mohammed, 25, from Alexandria, Egypt. He slid into her DMs after she had hashtagged her own photo, FitBod. Eve describes him as shredded. Eve says that the age difference doesn't matter. After two months of dating online, she went to go visit him in Egypt. They got engaged when she visited him. Eve said she never had a connection quite like this one. It's been two years waiting for his visa. Eve is also getting uh, rid of her risque clothing with Crystal because Mohammed is Muslim and she can't reveal too much of her arms or legs. Crystal is worried about the age difference and thinks that, you know, he might be controlling. Eve is upset that people are questioning the decisions she's making and they're all suspicious of Mohammed. Later, Eve is hanging out with her girl squad. She tells us that they don't know much about Muhammad because she didn't like their fear-based negative reactions when she first talked about him, so she just stopped sharing altogether. The squad grills her about her sex life. Eve tells them Muhammad was a virgin and that they went against, uh, you know, the religious beliefs of no premarital sex because they thought they were going to get married. Eve is uncomfortable talking about their sex life because she wants to respect his religion. She has also taken steps to be respectful of his religious beliefs, like not eat eating pork, even though she's not planning on converting. She then tells us how Muhammad got in a fight with her over a bikini picture, even though they met because of her bikini picture. The squad is just worried that she will lose herself to make him happy. The friends all encourage her to use up the entire 90 days to figure things out. And Eve is just ugh, tired of all the judgment. Okay, so she kind of alluded to this argument that they had about Muhammad getting upset with her over a bikini picture, which I thought was really odd because didn't he first start talking to her about a bikini picture? So what? what's the deal now? Yeah, I don't know. It was kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Because they met literally over a bikini picture of her. And he was yeah. like, hey, looking good. And then that started. So I don't know what... I don't know what he, he thinks now. Okay, that was fine for somebody I was just going to flirt Single. with and hook up with. But now that you're like my in a relationship or we're going to get married, that's completely inappropriate. We can't do that anymore, well, um, which is th totally hypocritical. It, yeah, it's incredibly hypocritical. But maybe he's thinking like, oh, because I was attracted to you with this bikini picture and look at how we turned out. If you're posting these bikini pictures, that's like the behavior of a single person. And now it's not appropriate, which I think is different than his religion then, because she right. definitely when she brought it up, made it sound like she was trying to be respectful of his religion, which is why she's like thinking about being more modest, like in her like fashion choices. But it, to me, that doesn't seem you know, a, a modesty thing for religious reasons. That seems like a crazy jealous person. Yes, it seems like jealousy. And I, I agree with that because, again, he's doing this buffet thing when he brings his religion religion up. Oh, can I hit on people who are in bikini pictures? Yes. Can we have premarital sex? Yes. Can she show her shoulders now that she's my girlfriend? No. Like, it, it's just all about what he wants and what whether he will actually follow that in her religion or not. Because. Yeah. 
I don't know, this is by conspiracy theory, not even conspiracy theory. Do you believe he was a virgin when they were together? Uh... I always have a very hard time believing that just because it's like if you're so quick to, you know, sleep with someone that you'd only known a couple months and mm-hmm. you'd only physically seen each other, like, let's say at this point, a few days, like that right. seems like you haven't had anyone else in your life that has, you know, known you a little bit longer, been right. around a little bit more had more yeah, time just, to build that sexual just, tension. It just stretches it stretches belief to me that you would like send a horny text to someone you saw on Instagram and then yeah. you know bang them when they came in. You're like, "But I've never done that before." Like, right. Yeah. And like, this is my future wife. So, I don't yeah. know because where it ends up, it's like, "Well, maybe." Cuz and that's the other thing too. I don't think it's unheard of also for someone to be like 25 and if they're very religious and they're kind of sheltered because we don't really know what his home life is like if he's still living with his parents it's and we we've seen situations like this where they are living with their parents and so they really haven't been in a relationship with someone else certainly not Uh a relationship where there's like sleepovers so you know a situation like that like yeah i i kind of believe and especially if all the other girls that he's surrounded by are also religious and they're also kind of on the same page. Like, you know, well, it takes two I mean, people to slip, right? I just think it's I think it's funny because they always talk about like, well, their religion forbids, but it doesn't look, it looks badly upon premarital sex. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, religions always have. And guess what people always keep doing? Yeah, like, I know, having right? Having premarital sex. Like yeah. it's not, it's not a unique thing. Oh, he go and gets, it's happened for all of eternity, right? That, that there's right. been religions against it and people do it anyway. Uh, so I don't buy it, especially because, ugh, like, I feel it's weird. You know, they were like, well, was he, you know, was it was it quick the first time because he's a virgin? She was like, no, it was great. It lasted forever. Like, okay, then wouldn't you be a little suspicious then? Well, like, okay. So the thing with Eve, too, is that I think that she is incredibly mindful of the fact that this is on television, you yeah, know, true. and that was part of the reason why she really, you could tell, she was hesitant to answer the questions in the first place because she knows that this is going to be out. She's trying to be respectful of his religious beliefs and his religion and respectful of him. And she probably doesn't want him getting in trouble because now it's all over the Internet. Like, oh, you know, Muslim mm-hmm. person, like having premarital sex. Um, So I think that, you know, her kind of white lying a little bit, whether or not it is a white lie. You know, but, you know, potentially a white lie. Um, I think it's, you know, because the cameras are rolling. Who knows if it really maybe he only lasted a minute. Maybe it was good enough for her, whatever it was. Sure. Sure. I don't know. She definitely is also giving off pretty strong uh, influencer vibes with her. With the number of times she said healing. I just said (laughs) for healing with healing. And here's my business of healing. And we're all yogis. And it was like, oh, my God. Like, That's this is not the kind of person I would vibe with. But <laughs> yeah. OK, let's put things in context. This lady is older than Darcy and Stacy. Ooh, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Because she looks damn good for 48. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Like, yeah. it's definitely a big age difference um, and I don't know. I, th- I think she's too touchy about it. Like, obviously, people go, that's the most notable thing about your relationship mm-hmm. right now. Like, is mm-hmm. wow, that's a big age difference. Um, but yeah, for 48, I'm not, I'm not saying she doesn't look good, but yeah, I just, like I said, strong influencer vibes. Right. 
she seems like a very kind person. I really liked how she talked with her son and the kind of relationship mm-hmm. she had with her son. How do you think Muhammad is going to fit into this picture? Because if she said the first, the, the yeah. actual father, right, which you would think he would have the most invested in something like this, it was a stress on their relationship. Like, what about someone who's just coming in? Yeah, she said very little about the relationship with her mm-hmm. ex. So that 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 I feel like is something that's going to kind of come out more. But yeah, this this and this kid requires a lot of yeah. work. She said he well, has to be catheterized every three every hours. Every three hours. I mean, that's that's yeah. tough because it's like you can't just leave him overnight. Right. Yeah, totally. I mean, you can't even. Yeah, it, it, that's got to be overnight. You still have to wake up in the middle of the yeah. night to do that, possibly. Yeah. I don't, I, if she means every three hours during the day or all the time, I don't know because I don't have mm-hmm. to deal with that. That's 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 a that's full time care, right? right. That this kid needs. Yeah. Um, that you yeah you can't so you can't just skip out and like go on a adult romantic weekend together. I don't know, but maybe I could kind of see well, if, if he's going to be all controlling. Dad, oh yes, if the dad is helping out, but if Muhammad yeah. is being all controlling, like he's starting to kind of come off, uh-huh. he might like the whole like we're all tied at home. Yeah. But I also wonder then how much we mentioned the ex, that the ex has to be involved because you're co-parenting yeah. together. How much right. is he going to be salty about that? Like, yeah. oh, you're talking to your ex all the time. You're always together. Oh, you have to deal with it. Like, well, yeah, I have to because I have this special needs kid. Like that's right. part of the game. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of potential with their storyline that is very interesting to me. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A good addition. All right. Uh, so it looks like next week we'll actually get to see uh, Ari and Binyam. Yes. At least from looks the like previews. It. Yeah. Yeah. Looks like it. And then, then, but we still haven't seen, we still have one other couple that seems to be missing from even the preview. Yes. Yes. Definitely. Um, okay. So uh, of the group you saw this week, who was your student of the week? I went with Shida. Um, okay. Just she. You know, kind of, first of all, she correctly assessed the situation. Like, yes. there's something wrong here. There is deception going on. Like, <laughs> deception what the deception detected. was, yeah, not good, not, not quite right, but she's she's on the right page. And, like, she had issues and said them. And I, I really don't think she was out of hand with the way she was saying it. She wasn't, mm-hmm. like, you know, insulting him or anything like that. She was like, this is how I'm feeling right now. Right. Uh, I went with Kara um, just because, you know, she's there to be with him, um, to help him through this process. I think it's wonderful that she can speak the language and uh, she gets along with the family, is able to communicate with them very well. So I went with Kara. Okay, sounds good. Okay. Um, How about your dunce? Class dunce was Bilal, though. I did, too. Yep. (laughs) He just I, I it was it was. I have so much contempt for this person. The yes. way he just, just Same. he's lying to her, and then like judging her based on how he's how she's responding to his deception. Right. Like, what is what even is that? That's and she's crazy. Not, yeah, she's not wrong in that he is talking to her like a child. Yes. Yes, because she's right about the situation, and she's right about what she's saying. Yeah. Like, because she even says things like, it's not about the house. It's the fact that you clearly haven't taken care of this house. Like, you clearly don't take care of your shit. Your shit's not together. Like, that's the issue, not how much money you have. Yeah, definitely. All right. What about your life lesson? Um, Tell people the plan. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
and you said we mentioned this with specifically at Emily, like you, people shouldn't be. It shouldn't be like I pick you up from a long a long plane ride. It's like, where are we going? It's like, you'll find out. Like, let them know. Like, you're supposed <laughs> yeah. to be planning a future with this person. Like, right. actually plan with them. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so my life lesson is um, towards the squad. Like, as a friend, you can say something. And I think, like, once you've said something once, like, you've said your piece and you just need mm-hmm. to move on. Your friend knows where that you stand. But you can't just keep on bringing that because then they're going to become like Eve and just stop telling you things. And, yeah, true. you know, and then you've got Eve who's in a situation where she's had no sounding board because she doesn't she's in fear of being judged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. All right. All right. So, so two more couples to go. Yeah. And we'll, we're just getting started with this group. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sounds good. Until then. All right. See everybody then. Okay. okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.